As a young guy, I had a dream that someday I would build the finest organization in professional sports. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. Intercepted by the Oakland Raiders. Little Brown at the 30, 40, 50. He's going all the way. Old man Willie. Touchdown Raiders. Boom, we cross him. The left goes to the right, the right goes to the left. This guy crosses here, he crosses here. They have no idea where we are, who we are, where we're coming from, or who we're throwing to. You can't stop Hunter! Riffro! Stop calling tails! Stop calling tails! It's not! It's a hydrate. It's so hot sometimes. Jeez, with the flow too. God bless you. God bless America. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! Before I announce the pick, let me just say congratulations and to all the mom, happy mothers, and to all your moms throughout the world. Yeah, Raiders! 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 When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization. And you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Raider Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast, where for the second week in a row, we have a full house. Tyler, Micah, Birch, all in on the podcast. Gentlemen, Tyler. How are you doing, man? Start it off. How are you doing? How are you feeling as preseason has wrapped up? I'm feeling ready for real football and real Amen. live smacking of helmets, crushing of pads, and I'm ready to feel better. I feel like I haven't been well this whole entire year. My voice is a little extra lusty this evening. I'm trying to give Birch a little bit of competition as for lustiest oh voice. And, uh, but other than that, dude, I'm excited. I, a little worried. I think there's always a little apprehension at the beginning of the new year, uh, the new football season. And, uh, but other than that, I'm doing well. Awesome. Awesome. Birch, how do you respond to that? The challenge to the sexiest voice in podcasting. Bring it on. I mean, the more lusty, the better, <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, so much the competition is here. fierce this evening. I can, I can I mean, smell it. Some of us have to be sick to get the lusty voice. Some of us, it's just natural. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, so, it's geez. true. I won't even lie. It's true. <laughs> you know what? We've, we've talked about this. I, we, we, this lag uh, week between preseason and regular season needs to go. Like, I we agree. don't need that extra week. We need more football. Well, you know, and I, I was hearing some 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 of the talking heads in sports this week talk about that. One of them was also Rich Gannon, just mentioning like, dude, there's like a two weeks now that the Raiders are done, and now, you know, he said those guys get anxious, they want reps. He said you can't stand around for two weeks and not put some pads on and and hit somebody. Um, he said so at some point, there's only so much walk through and talking and. And, you know, being on the field in your cleats and a T-shirt and a, you know, hat on backwards that you got to get in. You start got to start simulating, you know, real game time stuff. You know, what you're going to be experiencing out there for three hours on the football field. Um, so he talked about just how 
how teams it it is rough, you know, to your point that like you now you have this two week stint of you just got done with with preseason and a lot of these guys, some of them haven't, but a lot of these guys played now. You've just made all these cuts. So now you maybe have these players that aren't you know, you finally decided, hey, this guy's going to be your return man. This is our special team setup. You're finalizing all that. And now you need some real life reps with those guys, you know, that, to get that continuity going. I mean, is there any better any better example of that than our offensive line right now? I mean, we don't even know who's starting. Like the right-hand side of the offensive line is up in the air, right? We know like, one guy so, that's not starting. Oh. Oh. Too soon. Oh. Oh, oh, sorry. I oh. forgot. He has a family. <laughs> yeah, but he's also got $14 million guaranteed coming hey, his way. So guys, his family should be pretty good. Once, once a Raider, always a Raider, okay? No, no, no. Sometimes no. I really dislike that moniker. Sometimes <laughs> it's really cool, and sometimes it's like, you know what? You can take that once a Raider and always a Raider and just stick it where the sun doesn't shine because it's yeah, – why would you want that guy? I don't want him that- on the Raider, you know, volumes of history. Like, no, let's just wipe it out. Him and you don't Jamarcus. want AB up there either. Oh, I love AB. AB gave me just great stuff to talk about for like four weeks. That was really good, and then it just got old. And he's oh, still old. Raider Nation, you want to get in on the podcast? We've got some calls to get to. Give us a call. Leave a voice message. 208-557-9771 is the number to call. If you call into the show, don't worry. We will not pick up. Just leave your voice message. Try to keep it to around about two minutes. We'll play it back on the podcast, and we'll dissect it, tell you where you're wrong, tell you where you need to get your head right, and uh, (laughs) because that's what we get to do. You know, we run the podcast. Anyway, um, we do have a couple calls to get to tonight as the evening goes on. But uh, guys, we've kind of jumped right into it. So I want to just, we'll go over the preseason before we kind of look at the rest of the NFL and look kind of start looking towards the season ahead. Um, Birch, I want to fire this first question off at you. Uh, now that we've had all the cuts, everything's done now, and we're starting to add to the practice squad, waiver wires in full swing. Um, who's the most surprising cut to you? And uh, who's the, who are you most surprised at who made the roster? Um, oh, God, I'm trying to think of one for the cut. I'll go with the most surprised who made the roster would probably be the... I mean, I'm kind of surprised... But the, the two the two linebackers, the undrafted free agents, you could actually say the four undrafted free agents that made the roster. I think you okay. have Sam Webb, Masterson, um, Butler. I don't remember the other one. But, yeah, those are probably the ones that surprised me the most. I mean, that's a pretty good number of undrafted free agents that made the roster. So the most surprising yeah. cut – um just say it birch just get it just get it it's out not there surprising though well okay leatherwood there we go there you, go. Yeah, you may as well say it i'll say it so you guys don't have to <laughs> and there's our show ladies and gentlemen thanks yeah, for joining right. this evening <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness. I've got so many. There are a lot of surprises that are going on right now. But Tyler, we'll throw the ball to your court, man. What do you got? What do you got for us? So the the other undrafted free agent that was going to be my surprise pick because I did not see him making the roster was Isaiah Paulo Mao from USC. He was an undrafted free agent safety. Uh, I don't know if it's Mao or Mao. I don't. I don't know. But anyway, it's Isaiah uh, for short. We're on a first name basis. <laughs> I was very surprised that he made the team. I. I. He missed a gangload of tackles um, during preseason stuff. I didn't really see him making any impact plays. And so when it came out that he, that he had made the roster, uh, I was. I was pretty surprised by that, which I guess kind of leads me to the person that I'm surprised was cut was uh, Phillips, the corner. I was pretty surprised that Phillips was cut. Yeah. Uh, I, I, is it Dar? I think it was Darius Phillips. Yeah, if I'm, Darius Phillips. If I'm not mistaken, we but we don't need help. Anyways, at the yeah, those, position anyway. It's fine. Well, yeah, and then, I mean, I, I don't want to steal Micah's thunder, but if he doesn't say the other surprising thing that I thought happened, uh, then I will also address that, but those... I've got so many surprises, you may as well throw down, I was Tyler. surprised I that they else. traded Trayvon Mullen. Yeah. I really yeah. was. I, I didn't... I know that he was hurt last year, but the, you know, the couple years before that, he was solid. I thought that he would come in and maybe not start off the season. I heard that he was going to start on the PUP list, um, which means you're out for like the first four weeks and then you can come back. I think it might be two yeah. weeks, but I don't remember the difference between IR and the PUP list. Um, but I was super surprised that they traded him. I, I didn't nothing, think that he was bad. Yeah, especially, well, and then I looked at it, and I'm like, well, shoot, Gardner Johnson getting traded to the Eagles, he only fetched a sixth and a seventh. So it's like, is Mullen going to really fetch more than that? No, probably not. But, yeah, I, I was super surprised by that. I, I like Trayvon. I always thought that he was a s solid corner. I've seen yeah. some people's uh, opinions as to why he was let go, that we're not you know, we're not encouraging big, you know, tall corners anymore that can play press man. And I'm like, well, that's kind of what they have to do. Um, so I, I don't know that though. I guess that's two surprises, uh, one bonus surprise. And then, uh, as, as far as who was cut and then who was kept as well. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, that, that, the Mullins thing is the corner is the corner market that bad? The best you can get for I mean, Trevor Mullins a starting corner. Okay, is he not? Is is he is he Richard Sherman of yesteryear? No, but he's not a Meek Robinson. So I mean, really, you know, and that's why I'm gonna kick mine off. I was surprised Meek Robinson is still here. Um. Uh, I kind of thought he'd get the axe because he didn't play very well. He had like one good stick. He's not tall in one game to cut. And <laughs> he is only five foot eight. 
But he didn't, like, we were pretty excited about this guy out of, what, Louisiana Tech? Yes, sir. And and he got thrown in a game, what was it, against the Bills oh, last gosh, year? Oh, gosh, he was, was absolutely, on skates. Dude, dude was just getting toasted more than a Cheech and Chong Friday night party. Oh, uh, so, oh like, man. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not, Tell you're me wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> And then this preseason, the dude was getting toasted as well. I don't, I don't. So I was surprised to see he made it. I'm going to throw in another one for somebody who I was surprised um, made it was Clee Farrell, guys. I kind of thought he was out the door, but they seem to have slid him into D-tackle. And I mentioned this earlier off the podcast and, uh, he seems to have done a pretty good job in there, and maybe that's where he belongs. Maybe maybe there's some you know a talent evaluation that's gone on there between Ziegler and uh, and uh, McDaniel's, and <laughs> try not to use any of our other names. Um, yep, you can't do that. Uh, Nuggets can is call... family friendly. <laughs> um, so so I mean, good luck to him because I have I have beat the Cleveland Farrell drum since day one and he's let me down to be downright honest with you. Um, so glad to see that he's still there. I also was kind of surprised. I'm going to throw, I'm, I'm just throwing all kinds out there. I'll be downright honest with you. Was surprised Kenyon Drake was let go so quickly. Um, especially after bringing him last year, but you know, he wasn't part of their regime. So he gets thrown out and I was kind of surprised though. Walter, um, was waived. Did as he well. land on the practice but, squad or no? Yes, he did. Okay, okay, so Good. he did land on the practice squad. Perfect. Um, do you want me to so run anyway, that down real quick? Yeah, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, run it down. All right. Get me up. So we got Curtis Bolton, the linebacker, out of okay. second year, two year guy out of Oklahoma. Isaiah Brown, the corner. Bryce Cosby, the corner. Matias Fairley or Farley, I'm not sure how you say it exactly. He's a safety. Cole Fotheringham from Nottingham. <laughs> Number 85. He's a tight end out of Utah. We have a good time here, guys. Yes, we do. Good. Chase Garbers. That was Mike. Micah really liked Chase Garbers, and he called Chase yes. Garbers making the team Many moons ago, if I'm not mistaken. Congratulations on that, Micah. Well done. Thank you. Uh, Ronis Grasu, the interior offensive lineman from Oregon. He was a duck. Uh, Jordan Meredith, he's a, a out of Western Kentucky. He's an offensive lineman. Bamadeli Oleseni. Oh my! Yeah, well I called that one. I'm happy about myself on that. Uh, six foot seven, three hundred and thirty nine pounds, guys. That is a giant <laughs> man, and he has rings out of, all the way up his nose. Like, yep, whew. yes, and he is. Uh, he's he's twenty six, but he just started playing football a couple years ago. So hey, there's hope for me. Yet. There is high upside. On that one, we live and die by upside, don't we, Micah? Yes, we do. Uh, Dylan Stoner is back. Myron Togavailoa Amosa, the D-end, is on the practice squad. Zach Van Valkenburg, the D-end Excellent from Iowa. Name. Oh, that's a sick name, yeah. Andrew, or Austin, sorry. Austin Walter um, from Rice. I didn't realize he's been in the league for three years. 
Did not realize that. I thought he was a rookie. Uh, and then Isaiah Zuberfiz, the wide receiver slash safety. <laughs> Heck yeah, that, he made uh, a team because of the last game. I think so. He had an interception and a bunch of receptions. As He, he was a two-way player, guys. I thought those were done in the NFL. Nay, Isaiah Zuberfiz. Um, you can still find plenty of players that'll go both ways. That's right. Um, so you have, what is it, 11 of the 13 positions filled by former guys that were on the roster here like two days ago, right? If I'm not mistaken. I think every single one of them was on the roster. I don't think they picked up anybody from any other team. We, they're, they're real, they, they love their picks and they're sticking with it. You know, sticking to their guns. I like that. I like that. We'll see if it pays off. We still don't need a right tackle, and uh, we still don't need any corner or linebacker help, so I love that. Yep. Anyway. Um, We're just going to you know, play without go, a right tackle because pretty much our just, right tackles are about that good anyways. Well, I just say you slide a, a slide a, a tight end in there. You know, just get a big body tight end. Just go center guard tight end and then center guard tackle tight end on the other side. There's a two tight end set. Boom. There you go. Fixed it. <laughs> anyway, that's why I don't coach football, ladies and gentlemen. Because um, you think right tackle's important? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, do we... I think we should jump into the phone calls. Let's just... Can we, can we hop into that? Absolutely. Okay Let's do that? it. Let's do it. Let's get in on it early. Let's get in on it often. Tyler, who do we have to start... Start the voice. Uh, so our good friend John Russo, um, I believe our, our he's our second mate on this ship. He Indeed. has called in uh, to talk to us, and then some bum that I work with. Uh, his name's Tony. He's a Broncos fan. Uh, he oh, called what? in as well and had some words to to mince with us. So. We'll tear him apart after we come back from this break. Enjoy the phone calls, ladies and gentlemen. Tyler, Micah, and the lustiest voice in Raiders podcasting, Birch. I hope you are well. It is great to have you back. Last week's episode gave us a bit of everything, great review of everything, answered a lot of the questions I had, uh, addressed a lot of the concerns I have um, as far as right tackle and D tackles, and uh, hoping we make a move, go get a Nam Sinsu or or Daryl Williams or a right tackle that Holy cow, man. Leatherwood is scaring the crap out of me. That right side scaring the crap out of me. Nobody played very good. Everyone gave up pressures. I know it's just one preseason game. and But through three weeks, uh, that right side is still very much a question mark, as it was coming into the offseason. And it, uh, I'm, we absolutely address wide receiver. I think wide receiver and right tackle are our two biggest needs. And right tackle still is our biggest need. So hopefully we do something. Hope you guys are well and feeling good about the season if that right side doesn't cave in week one and get car killed and none of this matters. All right. 
Have a great one. Yes, um, I'm wanting to chime in and talk about these Raiders. This message with the eye patch stuff. Here's my beef with the Raiders. I don't like them. Never have. And I'm just wondering, how long is it going to take for Josh McDaniels to destroy the Raiders? Like he messed up the Broncos. My Broncos. My beloved Broncos. The Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos. I hope every Raider fan is hearing this. And I hope every Raider fan does not like what I'm saying. Because I don't care. So, how long is it going to be till Josh McDaniels destroys this team? I can guarantee you he has not learned a thing since he was with the Broncos. Other than his ego's gotten bigger and bigger. Feast your talk on that. Out. Excellent call, John. Tony, I don't know what that was, but um, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's start with John. Uh, Good to hear from John again. It's been too long. You know, I'm excited to get him back on the pod. Um, Yeah, Leatherwood scares me too. I think it scared all of us, but no longer will those nightmares uh, haunt you anymore, John. Leatherwood's gone, as you are well aware of now, and... um, you know, gentlemen, I was soundly chastised for calling him Leather Thong in a uh, in a sports <laughs> forum. What are you, 12? And, oh, uh, nope, sorry, 10. And <laughs> apparently that was, uh, I, though some got much jubilation out of it, there was a faction <laughs> of Raider Nation that uh, basically went full Michael Scott on me and was like, how dare you? What gives you the right? And um, <laughs> Don't ever go full Michael Scott. Never go full Michael Scott, exactly. And uh, But now, I feel like I've been vindicated. I mean, a first-round pick has now just been... <laughs> Dude, guys, guys, 31 people said no, including us, so that's 32. 32 people did not want Alex Leatherwood. Wouldn't even give up, like, a conditional seventh-round pick for Leatherthong. Can you right. believe... Like, that? that's... Ouch. Ouch. That hurts. Not only anyway. does it hurt him, but it hurts me as like a, a faithful follower to just chalk him up to the to the horrible, dastardly picks that <sighs> the Raiders have chosen in the first round. It's 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 bloody it's awful. abysmal. Even when we had three first round picks, we couldn't hit. Like, ah, uh, anyway. Um, and do you guys, anything else on John's call? I, I think he had a good point with, you know, wanting to address the wide receiver position. We did that. I'm really confident about the wide receiver position. I, I love where we're head, heading into the season that I mean, I'm not even thinking about that because I mean, we, if, if, even if, you know, heaven forbid something happens with Adams, I feel like we've got guys that can step up right behind him and, and, and be very serviceable for two or three weeks. I agree. Birch, you've been very quiet over there. What do you well, think? Well, I was just, I was just humbled by John's comment about the lustiest voice on the Raiders podcast. Oh jeez, so oh jeez. I bet. See what I you've guess done, that, John. Uh, that's put to bed. So Tyler, you can just move on. 
All right. Well, I tried. Gave it my college effort. Kind of like Leather Thong. <laughs> he left his effort in college, I think, actually. Um, oh, okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> Tony. I Now, this is curious to me because Tony comes in with all of his cheek and his beef and wants to start <laughs> throwing it around on a Raider podcast. And I, I, I feel like there's a little bit of... Uh, he's... I, I don't know, guys. I feel like he... He wants McDaniel's back. I think is what it. I think there's a little bit. I think there's, there's some sour some long grapes. lost feelings. Yeah, and there's uh, there's a little bit of uh, what would you call it? a little uh, jealousy? I think yeah. because he knows historically what happens with coaches in their second tenure. I mean, just look at guys like I don't know Bill Belichick, Nick Saban. They typically don't do so hot first. They go back. They they grind it out, and then typically their second stint, they come out and absolutely nail it. So I feel like Tony's speaking from a place of fear more than oh. anything because he's worried about what could happen under Josh McDaniels. And um, you should be fearful, Tony. You should be. Yes, especially because really there's only one, a, a couple words that need to be said. Broncos fan. And you can leave it. You can leave it at that. Really, you just kind of throw it itself. out out the window. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what the? Uh, now, in all <laughs> fairness, I work with Tony, uh, and he's a good guy. He's just confused in his ways. He really is. <laughs> that's fine. That's we all to... it really comes down to. the The light is there, Tony. Maybe the he light is, the is there. Fan. Yeah. Maybe he always wanted to be. You know, that's kind of one of those so. things like he looks across the aisle and he's like, man, <laughs> they look like they're having so much fun over there. I mean, they haven't beat us in three seasons. So, you know. Oh, yes. You can't help well but wonder. Done. There's a little bit of uh, longing there in, in for Tony. So They haven't been to the playoffs in a few years either, and the Raiders have more recently than they have. So Indeed, indeed. And uh, now you Hey, but at least they have Russell Wilson with a broken hand. Uh, Russell Wilson, according to every, all talking heads, Russell Wilson's going to guide that team to the Super Bowl this year. It's amazing what uh, the the heaps of uh, expectations we have put on the Broncos because apparently that's all they needed and they're ready to go. Like, it's go time for Denver. That shocks me. But, you know. They could use a wide receiver that can catch once in a while, too. Yeah, that's typically Instead of helpful. Brick hands, Judy and ACL torn Sutton and all those guys or Patrick and uh, a running back. You know some of those key parts to the offense that typically help you score points that you need to in today's NFL. But what do we know? You know we were just in the playoffs last year. Anyway, uh, <laughs> seriously though, you guys want to get in on the action? Give us a call. Again, 208-557-9771 is the number to get in on. Get in on this action here, ladies and gentlemen. Guys, I'm going to hit up Let's uh, one more thing, and then we'll put preseason to bed unless you guys have something. This is from me. Uh, who impressed you the most? And I want to start this out, this segment out. The Who impressed you in the preseason the most from the Raiders? Guys, I Tyler alluded to it earlier. Garber, man. The dude balled out. There was just something about, and and I know, okay, he's playing in the second half. He's taken over in the second quarter of, of the fourth game. But 
when you when I watched him play, and I mentioned this off air, he was just really he moved around well. He eluded pressure. He always kept his kept his eyes downfield, and he'd make throws on the run. And he tucked the ball and run. He wasn't the fast. He's he's he wasn't, you know, Lamar Jackson out there. But he wasn't slow. He wasn't Tom Brady out there. Dude had took some big strides. Could get down the field. And I was really impressed by by his play. He didn't look like a rookie. He he looked like he has done this for three or four seasons. And and even then, I've I've seen guys who've been in there for three or four seasons didn't look that good. Um. So. I, I don't know. I, I want to. I want to show somebody who's a little bit further down on the depth chart some love. Um, but Garber, especially where we didn't play a lot of starters throughout the whole entire uh, uh, preseason, Garber stood out to me. So props to Garber. And uh, I don't know. This guy might have a future in the NFL one day. Somebody else might pick up on that and go, "Wait a second. This there's something to be developed here." But Birch, how about you? I'm gonna go on the opposite side of the ball. I'm gonna go with. To Sean Bauer, Bowser, if you will. Um, oh, he, yes. He he was balling out in the preseason. He was always where he needed to be. He was in the backfield, sacking the quarterback. I think he had four or five sacks in the preseason alone. Um, the one play that really stood out to me, they I don't remember who it was against. They tried to run a reverse, and they sent a wide receiver out. He stayed home. He basically blocked the or pushed the wide receiver back into the running back and then tackled him in the backfield for a loss. Um, we're going to need some backup edge rushers when Crosby, well, Crosby, yep. I mean, his motor's relentless, but Chandler Jones might need a spell. And I think Bauer can come in and fill that role to where, you know, we're not that far off of from where, I mean, yes, Chandler Jones is one of the best. To, to get after the quarterback, but I don't think the talent drop is that far with Bauer right now. That's just my opinion. So I like it. I like it. Yeah. Great name. That dude was all over the place. I think, I think he led the Raiders in sacks during the preseason, if I'm not mistaken. Tyler, you got a name for us? I've got two, if that's okay. Oh my, twice as nice. One, one on each side of the ball. I'll start on offensive side of the ball. I was really, uh oh. Are you Here dying? Uh oh. Somebody call nine one one. I'm all right. I'm back. Um, I was really impressed with Britton Brown. I, I liked Britton Brown. Um, and dang it, there's so many that I, I like. I've got to throw T Billy out there too. Oh I was yes, really, indeed. I was impressed with T Billy. Um, and, and those two guys, I played their way onto the team. I, I don't think, you know, I don't know what Josh Jacobs' situation is going to be after this season. I hope he does well. I don't know. Historically, Patriots teams do not pay big contracts to running backs. They find them, you know, in later rounds. They use a stable of them. There's not a bell cow. And so I don't know what happens to Josh Jacobs after this season, but it seems as though they're pretty well set up. You've got Zeus as your thunder, and you've got Britton Brown as your lightning. And then, I I, I mean, they, he played so well that they felt they could not cut him or else he would be gone. So I thought Brown 
and um, T. Billy both did really well. On the defensive side of the ball, I was really impressed with Kendall Vickers. Um, mm. Vickers has been around for a couple years. He's been on and off the team. He's been um, you know, on and off the practice squad. But in this, it, it always seemed like Vickers was in on a big play, whether it was a sack or whether it was a run stuff. And I told you guys in our chat, he reminds me a lot of Danico Autry. Danico Autry was a very underrated defensive lineman that I feel like should still be a Raider at this time because he's super productive when he's out there. Is he the best? No, but the dude's got a high motor. He's very like smart at play diagnosing, and he just gives his all. And it, it's just one of those gritty dudes that's not flashy, but he's always around the football. He's always making a play. And so those were my those were my dudes that that I really enjoyed on there. Great I want to throw names. one more out there. Oh uh, my. Masterson, the linebacker, undrafted free agent. He I mean, he picked off Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones is like the 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 love of every Patriot fan's life out there. And I saw they were trying to cover that so hard. One of the, they were like, "Oh, it's just that was just a throwaway preseason <laughs> throw." It's like Mac no, he, Jones. Like, he yeah. sure didn't throw it away very well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he yeah. threw it right to him. But no, I like Masterson. I think he'll be good on special teams to start out, and then maybe fill in a role with the linebacker position. So, might yep. be a little diamond in the rough there. I like it. I like it, man. Guys, this is a fun preseason. The first time, if I'm not mistaken, the Raiders have ever been perfect in preseason. I believe in their history. I I thought I read that. Um, that I'm is true. Dead positive. There you go. So that, I mean, it's preseason. I understand there's a lot of hype, but gosh dang it, guys. It feels good to win. It always feels good to win. You know, we could have been on the receiving end of that. We could have been the Patriots. I mean, I would hate to be a Patriots fan right now. Did you just not watch what was going on? Like all preseason? There are like eight different people calling plays for the Patriots (laughs) offense. And does that offense not look like it or what? I mean, they were out there. Yeah, man, and and the defense doesn't sound like they're much better. So, the, the Patriots may that could be one of those teams that like, oof, they they there there could be a hard sophomore slump for Jones. That 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 could crash land. Um, you know what was inter- you know what was interesting to me on that in that game is the the Raiders second and third stringers made the Patriots first stringers look bad. Like really bad. Yeah. If if you we weren't playing any starters other than some of them might be on the offensive line. We still don't right. know what that's going to look at as we've or look like as we've talked about earlier. But I mean a lot of those dudes we were playing our scrubs, like second, third string players. And right. just beating the pants off of them like a redheaded stepchild. Oh, dear. And it, and it that was exciting to me because yep. it's like they had every single one of their starters out there for multiple series. I think they played the whole first quarter and maybe even into the second quarter. Yes, they did. 
and the Raiders were still steamrolling the snot out of them, which tells me either the Raiders are just much better coached or they're really struggling on, like, the Patriots are really struggling to get plays called, to get defenses, to get players in the right positions. But it was very encouraging to me to watch second and third stringers just steamroll first stringers. Yeah. All week. And it, it was even in the practices, too. It wasn't just in the game, but in the practices, we heard time and time again, well, we have a cheat code in Devontae Adams, so that, that helps a lot. But, um, but I mean, it was like Adams wins this battle, and T. Billy wins that one, and Renfro makes this guy lose his jockstrap. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff <laughs> going on in practices all week long that I was like, that is that. That's different because it's just sharper. The The team, the product out there looks better. And we talked about that on our last podcast about how it's more disciplined. It's not as disjointed. It feels like it's just working better. Yeah, And that's yeah, exciting. Way less penalties during the preseason. No that turnovers. was very noticeable. Zero turnovers in four games. Yeah, you know, and you know what was impressive about that too, Birch. Um, I mean, we were doing that, especially along the offensive line, as far as in speaking of turnovers, uh, with 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 a whole jumble of guys in there. Some starters, some guys that we ended up cutting. You know, some guy or we you know we waived was guys that we brought back to the practice squad. We did all that. All of those players were able to play together, and I mean, is this not a Raider team of the past holding? Illegal use of the hands. Uh, you false know, illegal, start. False start. I mean, that, that, that and, and inevitably it ends up killing a, you know, it'll erase a 20-yard catch and run. It'll erase a, an 18-yard run by Josh Jacobs. It, you know, it always doesn't, but you didn't see that. You didn't see that this, this preseason, even with the jumble of guys that was in there. And that speaks to the discipline that's trying to be instilled and I know again it's preseason, but boy, if that gets carried over, you practice, you you start instilling those habits now. That starts carrying over into games, guys. They're gonna be, you know, we won ten games last year. I think you could notch, you know, a couple, two or three more in there if you could play with that same kind of discipline um, that the Raiders just have not played with for what twenty years now. I mean one of the most penalized teams of the like 21st century. It's ridiculous. So um, there is a lot to be excited about. And I know people always downplay, oh, it's preseason, doesn't mean anything. It's like, yeah, no, it does mean something. It means something to a lot of guys that are trying to make a team, to a lot of guys that are trying to get a paycheck, a lot of guys that are trying to make a roster. All these guys are out here busting it. All these guys are out here trying to earn a spot, earn a living. So it means something to them. And so at the end of the day, they're going to try to put their best foot forward as well as these coaches and trainers. They're out here trying to put together a good product because they need to, because their job depends upon it. So you have a clean product out there, even though it's preseason, that reflects well on everybody. So it's something to be excited about. That's for sure. I know the wins don't mean anything, but it's it's like I said, we could be the other way around. Could have been a 0 and four in preseason, and going into the regular season, going, what is this gonna look like? So, 
Anywho, do you guys have any more thoughts on the preseason before we kind of start to gently ease our way into regular season chat and looking out over the entire NFL landscape? The last time we did really well in preseason, we went two and fourteen. Okay, we don't in the need that kind of season. So I hope that wow. that ending is is rewritten this time. Good grief! Thanks for just I I I you know I felt like I just built all this up and then just had the rug ripped right out from <laughs> under me, Tyler Cheapers. Hey, put that uh, evil on me, Ricky shooters. Bobby. That's true. That's true, Tyler. You make a good point. We're straight shooters, and uh, yeah. Um, guys, I want to take a minute. I want to look out over the NFL landscape. We, we're still a week away, unfortunately. I don't know how, but I had got mixed up. I thought the NFL started this week until Birch corrected me like three days ago. It was like, dude, it's, it's, it's not this week. We don't start. And uh, no, that's fine because I would have been in front of my TV Thursday night going, oh, hey, it's on NBC, <laughs> right? Um, and would have been very un, un, unhappy. Um, but we look out over the entire NFL landscape. We could take a break here a second. I mean, maybe you rope the Raiders into this. Maybe you don't. But um, a lot of stuff going on. The, ga- the, the the season's getting ready to start. We still have one week before game week, technically. Um, so before we jump into a bunch of like Chargers and Raiders talk and, and looking into that, uh, Tyler, I want to go ahead and start oh. with you. Okay. One team... That you think is going to overperform this season? One team that you think is going to underperform this season? Ooh. I think... And see, this is so difficult because they didn't do real great last year. Ugh. Hmm. You know... I think with all of the hubbub that the Denver Broncos are going to get, or that they are getting, I don't think they're going to be that good. That's fair. Oh, just... I think they will underperform. I think that they think Russell Wilson is the answer to all of their problems, and I think they have a lot more problems going on than what they think they have going on. They have receivers that can't catch the ball. They have receivers that are always getting hurt. Their offensive line is not great. Um, that's, and like the defense, I feel like they, they've they got Bradley Chubb. I don't know who on is on the other side of the ball. Like, I don't really know that they got a whole lot better in the off season than by adding Russell Wilson, which probably gets you like maybe two more wins, three more wins in a season. But I don't right. feel like there's, the skill players there that they have had in the past that would make Russell Wilson a lot better. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think you watch the the Broncos underperform. They have a brand new head coach. They have a brand new um, offensive coordinator. Brand, it's a whole new staff right. um, that's, you know, never worked together or anything before. And uh, I, I don't know. I just, I I feel and I hope that they underperform. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Do, do you mention oh, your... Oh, and then, and then a, a team that's going to overperform. Um, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, I think the Lions 
may overperform. The the Lions, I like their coach. He's a tenacious dude. Yeah. Um, I like some of the pieces that they have drafted. I feel like they have drafted much better than the Raiders have. They've got Panay Sewell. They've got Aiden Hutchinson. They've got, uh, I think it's DeAndre Swift in the backfield. Um, they've got a, quite a bit of talent on that team. Now, I think their limiting factor is the quarterback, and his name just like escaped jo- Goff, Jared Goff. Um, but I think they, I think you watch them win maybe eight, maybe nine games this year, which would be to me overperforming because they've been not good for very long. Um, I, yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with the Lions. I think that they overperform maybe, and they they may not make the um, playoffs, but they they push for a playoff spot. That's fair. I liked I liked that pick. Looking at all the teams, that was one of those that I thought. I also feel like the Lions are just due to kind of come out of that slump, and I feel like I could name about five or six other teams that I think are just more abysmal than the Lions, just as far as talent-wise and, like, coaching-wise. Guys, if I may, I'm going to stay within our own division because I've looked at this and I've thought of this, and I'm going to give you my reasons, which are totally not uh, scientific at all. Somebody who's going to underperform, Kansas City Chiefs, gentlemen. Hear me now, believe me later. The Kansas City Chiefs, everybody's got them. I know they've won the division for what, like, six years now, five out of six years now, something like that. I mean, it's ridiculous. But statistically speaking, the Chiefs are due to have a bad season. Everybody does. Every team that's on top always at some point has to come back down to earth, even if it's just for a season. The Patriots did it when Tom Brady got hurt. The Packers did it one year when all of a sudden they just like went four and 12. It was really weird. Um, I think they had a slew of running back injuries, and and, uh, I think they had injuries along the offensive line. Um, I think it was getting rid of Robertson, getting rid of letting Tyreek Hill go. I think that's going to be very detrimental to that offense. I think that offense, that they're not going to be as high-powered. Yes, you still have Kelsey on there, and you have Patrick Mahomes. That's enough to strike fear into any defense, but it's not as bad as having that speedster speed kills. And 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 Tyreek Hill was just a different. That's just a different level. You have to plan around Tyreek Hill now. Well, you had to plan around Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Now, really, in my opinion, it's just Travis Kelsey. I think everybody else you could take on everybody else. So I see guys, the Chiefs. I could see them being like a nine-win team this year and just missing out on the playoffs. I could see them and the Broncos vying for the basement of the AFC West. I think that, that that defense, I think, is still bad. I think the Chiefs defense is still bad. Maybe even worse now with with uh, the Honey Badger gone, kind of the general of that defense that kind of got everybody into position. I think the Chiefs are going to struggle. I think they're going to struggle, and it's going to be apparent this year. I th- you still have Andy Reid. You still have Patrick Mahomes, so they're still going to stack some wins. 
But a lot of those games last year where they were winning by field goals or going down, I don't think that's happening this year. I think those are going to be games that they end up losing, and that's the difference between winning 12 or 13 games or only winning 8 or 9 games for the Chiefs this year. Um, And then I'm going to go, because I'm a homer, the Raiders. Guys, nobody picks us. Nobody, nobody has us doing anything this year inside a division that is absolutely loaded with talent. I just read an article, The Athletic, out of all of their beat writers, nobody picked the Raiders to win the AFC West. Um, There is no love for the Raiders. Anytime they come over to the AFC West, it's, oh, how will Patrick Mahomes defend his title? Oh, the Chargers, Justin Herbert, just magical team, magical team. Oh, the Broncos, now they have Russell Wilson. Is Is this their year for another Super Bowl run? And it's like, you look at the Raiders, and we've added arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Chandler Jones, which should still have like a season or two left of like really quality play before it's like, ah, uh, he's just a big name on the other side that's like was really good, but now he just kind of, you know, he's just not at that level. Um, we, we, we've added pieces on defense. Our, we've added pieces on offense with guys like uh, Zeus. Uh, you've kept Hunter Renfro. You kept Darren Waller. There were questions of not if we were even going to have Darren Waller on the team starting of the season. There were I saw fans talking about, oh, trade him. You know, maybe you can get like a second and a third round pick for him. I'm going, what are you thinking? You don't have that. I mean, we do have questions at the offensive line, but I've got faith that McDaniels and all his experience and six Super Bowl rings with the Patriots is going to be able to put something together and the school counselor is going to guide us to victory. So I think the Raiders uh, the Raiders aren't going to be this bottom-of-the-barrel team. I think it's either going to be the Raiders or the Chargers. Hear me now. Believe me later. Raiders or the Chargers are going to take the crown this year. Raiders could easily win, I think, 12, maybe even 13 games this year. But I think the Raiders are being slept on. Call me a homer. Anyway, that's all i got to say. Birch, up to you, my man. Okay. Well, I've had time to think about this one. <clears throat> so um, this might not be a very popular opinion on a team that's going to underperform, but I am going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh. Only because I feel like, yes, Tom Brady is still Tom Brady, but I feel like this is his last go-round, and he's already... I mean, he took that 10-day hiatus, whatever. Who's to say during the middle of the season he's going to be like, I need a break. I'm 55 years old now. I mean, I know he's 45, but I just think I think that he they might just, I don't know, they got a new coach. They got Todd Bowles as their coach. I just, I don't know. Great I just have a record. feeling that they might just, I don't think they'll be terrible, but a Super Bowl contender, I'm going to say not this go-round. That's just my thought. Um, the team that is going to uh, overperform, I think, is the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. They have made some some moves in this offseason. They got A.J. Brown at wide receiver. Um, gives them another threat. They got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, they got hurt at quarterback. They made the playoffs last year, lost in the first round to the Bucs. Um, then they just made the trade for uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the defensive back from the Saints. 
who's no slouch. He'll get in your face. Um, he's a good defender. And they've they've made some good moves this offseason, and I think, I mean, we handled them pretty easily here in Vegas. Um, I think it was like 30 to 13 or something like that. I don't remember yeah. the final score, but I know we were up at least two or three scores on them late in the game, but <clears throat> I think they're going to, they're going to turn some heads there in the NFC, and the tides are going to turn from the Bucks. unfortunately. Father I can Time see. is going to take its toll. Yeah, it almost looks like it. And I don't know if that's just, just Brady playing poker, but, like, I don't know, just something. Maybe it's just the way he's kind of acted and his mannerisms when he's up there. The dude just kind of looks tired. He just looks like he's kind of done. Like, he doesn't care anymore. It's just there's definitely not the same professionalism, it seems like, from him. It's almost like, look, I'm out here. I'm old. I'm doing the best I can kind of attitude. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm wondering if this is a man that's maybe regretting a little bit coming back. And, and maybe he's having second thoughts about, should I have, maybe I should have just stayed retired, you know? Yeah, I mean, you you think of how much of a toll it takes on your body for, like these younger guys, and I mean, I know the quarterbacks, they get hit occasionally. I mean, their offensive line as well has taken a lot of injuries, and I don't know what kind of players are going to have on the line to protect Tom Brady, and he's not the most mobile guy in the world. So, I mean, you got to think it's a couple of hits at 45 years old from these big defensive linemen or safeties coming off the edge or linebackers blitzing. That's going to going to take a toll on his body yeah so, yeah well but, and they, they've lost i think four to five offensive linemen so far this offseason i mean it's like a, an unprecedented amount of offensive linemen yeah. are getting injured over there i mean it's i feel bad for him at this point like this is ridiculous it's one thing to you know lose a player or two you know part of the game but like um, who's the conditioning, strength and conditioning coach for the offensive lineman over there? Or is this just really, really rotten luck? Do He's you think probably out Eagles... with an injury too. <laughs> do you do you think the Eagle the Eagles push the Cowboys this year for the crown there? I would say so. I I mean I was no, I just don't the Cowboys like they have the Cowboys all this, are the Notre Dame of yeah, college like, football. I'll talk all this talk, blah, blah, blah. And then they just like Mike McCarthy lays an egg or yeah. Yep. I don't know. I don't even, they got rid of, I mean, they don't have Amari Cooper anymore. They've got CeeDee Lamb. They still have Zeke, but Zeke is, Zeke is Zeke. I mean, he got paid now. He's not, he doesn't care. So, right. I right. mean, and I don't even know. I haven't paid much attention. I mean, we kind of had our way with their defense last year on Thanksgiving Day, so yeah, know, it's dude. nothing special. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Still, that was my best game of the year of last year. I think I covered that. Tyler's had to step away. Speaking of old people, um, he's got a Charlie horse in both legs, so he had to step away from the mic. It was either that or screaming pain into the mic. So we appreciate him taking his pain to the next room. Um, Tyler or Birch, I'm gonna I'm gonna rapid fire this question to you, and I'll ask Tyler when he gets back. Worst okay. team in New York, New York Giants or the Jets, the New York Football Jets? Oh man, 
Well, since Joe Flacco's the backup quarterback in the for the Jets, and he looked really, really good in preseason, I'm gonna go with the, <laughs> I'm gonna say the Jets are still the worst team in the in New York right now. That's fair. That's fair. It looks like Tyler has rejoined us. Tyler, I'm gonna ask you the same question: Who's the worst team in New York right now? The Jets. Yep. We're all in agreement. I would go with the Jets as well. Uh, I don't know how long that that uh, the experiment though with the uh, what's his name Jones quarterback Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Don't know how much longer that experiment's going to go on though because I just feel like I feel like that might be coming. That and Saquon Barkley might be coming to a close as well. Uh, over under Christian McCaffrey plays four more four games this year. I'll take uh, can I I'll take the over. I'll say he plays 5. Oh. Going out <laughs> on a limb. I'll take I was going to take the over as well, but at like four and a half. <laughs> Who's who stays injury free longer, Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey? I'm going to say gonna go Barkley. With Barkley. Let me put it this way. Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey are the last two last two running backs on the board for your fantasy. Who are you taking? Neither one. <laughs> You're drafting a kicker. Yes, I will take Daniel Carlson. In the third round. Actually, give me Trent Sieg over both of them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Gentlemen, we are, well, we're still 14 days. Well, no, no, we're 12. We're 12 days away. Well, actually, on I'm on the East Coast time zone, so it's technically September 1st now, gentlemen. I am 10 days away from football. Actually, less than that, because the 8th, I believe, is the first game, so I'm technically a week away from the first NFL game. Do you guys have Who anything else for first? Raider Nation? It's the Bills and the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken, oh correct? Oh, my. What a good game. I know it's the Bills. Let me double-check that before I run my mouth here. Um, week 1... Oh, I'm I I misspoke. It's the Bills and the Rams. I still, still phenomenal. That be game. a good game. How do you swing two helmets into practice at people <laughs> and you have no suspension? That's what riddle me that. Cuz it's practice. Okay, We're talking you, about practice. So you can assault somebody in practice, but you can't yes, assault that's them okay. on the field. It's also uh, okay to do things Ill, against women's will and you get to play in your in your league in the and I'm not I'm not pointing fingers at Deshaun Watson or anything, but um, then you can also but if you if you uh, if you bet on a game, then you get a year suspension. Yeah, a legal shame, a legal shame, thing shame. to do and you you get a year suspension, but you can go out and do Anything you want to women, you're as a matter of fact, you're better off doing things to women that are unspeakable because you'll get to play rather than placing a measly fifteen hundred dollar bet on a game. That is still incredibly stupid to me. I will never understand how Calvin Ridley is it okay to bet on a game? That you're no, you shouldn't do that either. But seriously, we're gonna say that it's you're better off. You're gonna get less game of suspension of breaking the law 
then you're going to be making a bet on a game. That's I mean, ridiculous. And in today's society as well. I mean, like, so you can you can have, again, not pointing any fingers, you could have 23 people come out and accuse you of, of acts against them, against their will. And it's like, you know what? By week 12, you come on back and you've done your time. But you place a twelve or fifteen hundred dollar bet, and it's like, oh my gosh, I, I can't, I can't even fathom. You're gone. You're gone. Don't even come back for the rest of the year. I just don't, don't even, don't even. Like, it's, it's so laughable at this point. When it's sad, it's sad, but it's laughable. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like, as long as they don't catch you on camera, that's the big thing. The NFL's drawing the line there. Look. Look, if the hotel lobby catches you pulling a girl by her hair, then of course we got to do something. But just do it in the privacy of the home. You know, do it at a massage <laughs> bed, for heaven's sake. Somewhere where the cameras won't see it. Then you can come back quietly after four or five weeks, okay? Um, even, you know, even if, even if we have a voicemail of you threatening your girlfriend, violence against your girlfriend, you know, it's, you know, we didn't see it. You know, we didn't see it happen, so, you know. Even when they have fine. doctor's records, if you broke your child's arm. Yeah. No, It's you know okay. What? I didn't see it. Right. But that doctor, he may have gotten the wrong person. You never know about never those know. broken yeah. arms. You, visual aids are, are, you know, we can't have that. But, yeah, you place a bet, and, I mean, oh, my goodness, the world falls apart. So it is the the... It is ridiculous, man. It, the NFL, there's no sense of of any kind of justice system, whatever you want to, <laughs> no sense of like fair, fair and balanced judgment handed out. I mean, it's so nonsensical and arbitrary at this point. You may as well have like a wheel of fortune up there and be like, all right, what did you do? Doesn't matter. We're spinning the wheel. What do you get? Six game suspension? Year long? Who knows? Could be nothing. You know, I, that's that feels like what they're doing most of the time. But anywho, do you guys have anything else before we wrap up the podcast you want to add for Raider Nation? Are Bert we going to do the question head? of the week? Oh, question my heavens, of the yes. Week. The question of the week brought to you by... Oh, we don't have a sponsor this week. I'm sorry. Anyway, press question of the week. Tyler had beef earlier this week. I sure and did. So, and so I felt it was only appropriate to bring it to the podcast, bring it to the people. And we're going to start with Tyler. Tyler, you get, get go on this worst type of driver on the road. Go. Now, I don't want to make this sexist and I don't want to make it about race either. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be about both. But it's going to be about both. No, um, the worst types of drivers to me are people who don't know how to use a four-way stop. I mean, come on, people. This is a basic principle of driving. You come to a four-way stop. If there's somebody there, you have to stop at that stop sign. You can't just continue onward. It's like, so it happened on my way to work this morning. I get I get to this four-way stop I'm stopped. Two other cars go. <laughs> and and this lady just and that was sexist. 
It, you can't help it. Is it going to be a man? It's always or a, a lady who pulls <laughs> okay, just well, like now pulls up the line. to the stop sign, doesn't even stop and just turns left in front of me. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. This is nuts. So, <coughs> sorry. Um, if if you don't know how to use a basic four way stop intersection. Do us all a favor and quit freaking driving. Thank you. There you go. Words from Tyler. Birch, you've had time to mull this over. Oh, man. I've got, I mean, I I have three of them, but I will choose the one that probably, oh, gosh, there's two that are, like, so close. So I might tell them both. Yeah, do it. So you're driving down the road. You're on the freeway or... You're on the road. There's it's your two lanes on each side, and you see a road construction sign that says right lane ends oh ahead, merge to the left. Yet, and you have a lineup of cars, and then you have these jack wagons that decide, decide hey, I'm gonna freaking speed down the right lane, get as far as I can, turn my blinker on, and then just butt my way in. That. Yeah, those, those are people, bad, too. I always, if I see that happening, I pretty much kiss the bumper in front of me and don't let them in. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I like that um, there's when there's like a line of yeah. cars, too. And like they could have stopped a half a mile back to try to get in. But like I said, instead, they just keep going, even though everybody's bumper to bumper and like it's right. stopped. They go it's all really, the way to where really they can't go anymore. And then it's like, oh, hey, can I scoot in here? It's like, you couldn't have scooted in a half a mile back when you had the chance? Like, or any time along there? Yeah, people who cut in lines, there's a special place in hell for you. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, and so that leads me to my next one, people that cut in line. So this one might get me beat up from the motorcycle gangs, but you're you're in a double lane. Again, you're stopped at a stoplight, and all of a sudden, here comes a motorcycle right down the middle of the lane, right to the front of the line. Pisses yep. me off. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Special place in hell for them too. Absolutely. Because I wonder why they get hit with doors and stuff. Exactly. Right. I I don't know what it is with motorcyclists, but they they always hug my bumper. I don't get that. Like like, and it won't even be like I understand they'll they'll try to get like within the mirror, you know, to be able to I can see them in my rearview mirror. But it's not even that. Like I can see you in my rearview mirror as long as you stay, you know a car and a half distance length behind me, but it's not even that. It's like, they're like five feet from the bumper and we're going, you well, know, 45 miles. Maybe it's an optical illusion because objects in your mirror <laughs> appear closer than they are. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I, I don't get that either from motorcyclists. And it's, I, and I under just like look twice to save a life, but it's like every time I see motorcyclists, they're the ones careening in and out between cars running places, jumping in the bike lane to get ahead, running between motored vehicles, zooming in and out of traffic just because they've got a smaller vehicle. You know, they, they, they take the turns, you know, when they have the opportunity to go around a vehicle, they zoom in and out really quickly. It's like, there's no, like the, the, the same, you're still driving a vehicle, the same respect that you give other vehicles. I don't, I don't get two feet in front of a vehicle and then and then cut in front of them. But a motorcyclist can, apparently. Like, pull ahead a little bit, 
you know, pull ahead by 15, 20 feet and then go ahead and jump in front of them like every other normal person in a vehicle does. You know, don't don't be doing like riding bumpers and cutting in front of people. But then they're always wagging their finger at everybody else. You know, keep those grass clippings off of the roadways. Me looking twice and I'm like, I don't know as much as, I don't think it's as a big a problem of motorists as it is these motorcyclists that, that, that I think they get a little too free on the open road there is what happens. Maybe there'll be backlash from that, but I don't care because you know what? I have a third part interest in this podcast, so... You know what? Lump it. Anyway, my word, the worst motorist. This will probably ruffle some feathers. Everybody points to the teenagers. The teenagers, they're reckless. They don't know how to drive. Not so fast, my friend. Old people don't know how to drive. Old people are some of the worst people on the road, ladies and gentlemen, because they're still driving when back in 1850, when the max speed limit on the interstate was 25 miles an hour. And these they have no sense of their surroundings. They're just like, oh, I'm going to turn into the next lane. Good luck to everybody else. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, 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 grandma. There's, I've got a semi bearing down on me. You know, I've got motorcyclists five feet behind me. I can't slam the brakes on. I'm going to have somebody in my, in, in the back seat with me here in a second. And I have seen more older folks in accidents and I have been, I have been almost run off the road or gotten in accidents more times by older people than I have by any, by, by, by high school, college age, any other age group. And I, I mean, I have a sweet elderly neighbor lady. She is almost 80 and She's trying to go back and get her driver's license. She's like, well, I failed my eye test, so I've got to go get glasses. So then I'm going to go back and retake the test. And I'm just, I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm like, ma'am, like, you, you don't need to be driving. No, 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 no. This isn't a good idea. Not for, not only for you, but for other people. Like, at this point now. Mostly other people. <laughs> at this point now, you know. Just have have your son drive you around. Have other people drive. And, and and I understand different age groups. People, you know, get older at different age. I've seen 80-year-old men and women that look like they could be 65 or 70. But this lady, she's had multiple surgeries, multi, like hips replaced, knees replaced, elbows replaced. She's very elderly. She's she's in the in the year that I've known her here in South Carolina. Um, she's been in and out of the hospital at least a half a dozen times for different things. And I'm just like, I think we've reached that point. And I want to tell her, I'm just like, I think we've reached a point where maybe, maybe we just have somebody else drive. You know, you've got Ubers and Lyfts and stuff now. Have somebody take you to the store, you know. When you need your wine for the week, have somebody just take you. Oh, you know what? Have somebody deliver it, you know. Great yeah, service. we've got there. like Uber Eats and all that stuff now. Right. And every Walmart will deliver your boxed wine, you know, everywhere now, every grocery store has a delivery service, but I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it's the elderly folks, but the elderly folks wag their finger at the young generation and, and are too fast and all these young whippersnappers. And it's like, no, no, they're, they're actually going 75 in the 75 mile an hour zone. They're not going 50, you know? and everybody's screaming around them and you're like, you come up over the horizon and boy, grandma 
she's hitting that fast lane at 55 and it's like it's 80 on the interstate ma'am like like and i can't get in the slow lane here and i don't want to take the middle grass road so anyway that's my beef that people need to understand when it's time to hang up the driver's license i think that's the biggest thing it's i know it's given up a freedom but for heaven's sakes like no no one to quit like drinking and driving no one to quit gentlemen Anyway, yes. Here I'm now. I'm wagging my finger at people. <laughs> Good heavens! Hey, I just I just was flipping through Facebook, and, and I it they the Las Vegas Raiders asked this question: Who showed out this preseason? And we named two of the three people that they have listed: Britton Brown and Tashawn Bauer. We probably missed Davis's mama, right? Uh, yes, Davis's mama is on there. We missed that one, of course. Should have known that one. The other one was a quarterback, though. It was just not Chase Garbers. It was Jarrett Stidham. Yes, yeah, Stidham was awesome. Uh, no doubt about that. Tyler, I want to mention this. Tyler had a very, very good comparison. Tyler, who do you compare Stidham to? What did you call Stidham? Oh, I called Stidham a poor man's Jimmy Garoppolo. Bingo. I thought that was spot on. Spot on. I would even say a little faster. But maybe, I don't know. You have to go back to 40 times and look that up. Maybe we I, should. I think he's a little fat. They're, they're both 6'2". I think Stidham was like 210 and Garoppolo's like 215. But no, I mean, the way he, the way he like kind of is more of a game manager, not going to be a, an electric game changer, kind of made me think of... A poor man's Jimmy, like a cheaper version of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was a really good and very good breakdown, Tyler. I liked it. Raider Nation, thanks for joining us again this week on another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Give us a call again if you want to get in on the podcast. Gentlemen, next week, game week. Get your game face on. One week from now is the start of the regular season. Hallelujah. Got a little college ball this weekend to look forward to and wet our whistle, if you will. Um, But looking forward to next week to breaking down to the matchup against the Chargers, heading to our home, away from home. Should be an awesome game. Anyway, Raider Nation, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, we'll catch you in the next episode. Just win, baby.